0: Lifeway Leadership. LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. This is a shout out to one of our Reach Australia conference sponsors, Church Finance Central. They offer you a practical solution to these problems. Regular, reliable processing of your bookkeeping and accounts, experience handling of your payroll, superannuation and minister's allowances, preparation and management of your ATO compliance like BAS, single-touch payroll and PAYG. Go to www.churchfinancecentral.com.
1: This is part two of Better Welcoming Your Church. If you've just landed here, go back to part one. Listen to that. Yeah. Now, okay. Now we we did speak about databases glowingly before, but mm-hmm. it's you know knowing knowing um, being able to contact people is is part of being able to love them well. Mm. Um, what role do databases play within this whole? welcoming system or lists of it doesn't be database just lists of people yeah uh at church who have visited
0: yeah i mean lists sound boring but it's like that it's people and i think you you'll really love your congregation by having an accurate database i think i've talked like i'm a volunteer for grace city and i've talked to a lot of either like uh volunteers that are relatively high up like they're looking after a service or even assistant ministers and what kind of seems to be preventing them in moving forward in any kind of like integration area is that perhaps the senior minister hasn't decided on maybe who is a member and who isn't and that is a tricky thing to kind of think through and theologically, you know, where do we draw the line?
1: So you're saying a system to work out who is who is part of the church and yeah. who may, be, may have visited six months ago.
0: Yeah, and that affects any kind of onboarding course that you have and therefore who's in and out and all that kind of stuff. But what that does is then it trickles down to more volunteers level of how much should I be following up this person and Mm. if I have an accurate list and it's like every three months, I look at it and I say, okay, they haven't been here Yeah, so they haven't been here for three months. I follow up, I find out that, well, actually, they don't believe in what we're preaching and Mm. so I talk to them about going to an explaining Christianity course or their dad died and they've been struggling or I never hear from them again. We've done everything we can and then we remove them off so we can really focus on people who want to be there and are at some a little bit open you know if someone's not returning your calls I think you can take them off your database after a number of attempts.
1: Yeah that's great so this doesn't sit in isolation with the rest of the church in order to love people well in the welcoming team Mm. part of that is making the decision about the next part of the process or the pathway and how it is we we triage and help people navigate that decision yeah that's good all right if you're thinking about welcoming, how important would you say it is for a staff member or a senior member, senior staff member or anyone on staff to personally introduce themselves to newcomers?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I personally, it's oh, nice. But I, I think where possible, it's nice if it can happen. I think, though, I would rather emphasise creating a culture where – those the members are welcoming and loving and you have a strong welcoming team if i was going to emphasize something i think that's far more important than tim comes up and says hello which yeah. he, he did and yeah. he, he does a good job of this i think it's nice where possible but yeah. um yeah do you have particular opinions on that
1: oh no look i think you if you have that strong welcoming um vibe in the church that culture in the church uh, then you you can get away without the person up the front who's clearly leading the whole thing yeah. introducing themselves to. And again, it's a church size question, but yeah. let's assume church is less than 200. You know, if I visited for two or three weeks um, in a service of, you know, 100, 120, and the senior hasn't ever made eye contact with me at any point, it's, it becomes a bit weird after a point. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying, you know, come to my bar mitzvah, but I am saying just say hello to me in church. That's <laughs> that what I'm good. saying. Yeah. yeah. So it, there's, there's a dynamic where we say, it, I don't want it relying on me if I'm leading a church. Mm. I want to create a welcoming to- culture and team. Um, but I am still connected to people, um, and so I'm not above saying hello. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's a, yeah. it's a <laughs> tricky one. So one of, the, one of the challenges, I think, with this area is you can – like there's an infinite amount of things you can do to make people feel welcome. Yeah. Like in our conversation beforehand, I was saying, you know, you can't create Disneyland and mm. so everyone's going to kind of you rush can't. to join you. You can't. In <laughs> fact, I've, actually, I've been to a church that did recreate Disneyland, it looks like, but most of us can't do that. But there, there are things that we can do in order to, as we would at a house, to uh, make people feel comfortable and welcome and draw them in and uh, help them want to stay as well. Uh, What are, you got anything that you've seen that are kind of the massive levers to pull, no matter your context?
0: Mm, I would, yes, food. I mean, we've talked about dinners, especially um, for 6pm at Grey City, but food in general just makes people feel calm and relaxed and... A Maltese, so it's a very Maltese thing to do. But it's any culture. Food just makes people feel comfortable. So supper, it can, I think start simple. Better to start simple and with something than wait for the perfect meal and hold it off for six months. Um,
1: the morning tea, afternoon tea, supper, whenever it is.
0: Great. Uh, make a cheap punch and that's just like something fun and different. I think people feel loved with thoughtfulness and detail Uh, like the coffee vouchers or something like that. But that's cheap and very easy to do. So I think as thoughtful as you can be. um, And I think as well, it's even with the 6pm service starting, there were like a million things that would have been great to implement. And I'm struggling being like, there are all these things that we could do. But I think it's, okay, what's the first thing? What's the next best thing that we can do? Mm. And then, okay, well, we want to do dinners, but... We also want to do dessert. No, we're not going to think about dessert until dinners are manageable and sustainable for those serving. Then we might add in dessert. Then we might try and do some extra social things. But it's like, what's the first thing? And the first thing was getting the right people and welcoming yeah. and then getting team leaders for them.
1: Yeah, that's great. So you want to begin with the end in mind, but yeah. recognizing you're not at the end when you begin. Yeah. You just take one step forward.
0: Slowly. Mm-hmm.
1: Can you just give us a time sheet for for someone who's doing this welcoming role? Uh, what does their night look like when they turn
0: up? So my host is getting there at 5.20 and we meet cafe, support, hosting teams and we pray. And that's where for 10 minutes I'm constantly reminding them body language or mm. um, hosts make sure if you've got a new person, walk them over to the cafe machine and I need these teams to be working well together. And they're small teams, so I need them to feel like they're part of a bigger team. And we pray because they're very practical ministry, so you forget that it's ministry because you're cleaning or yep. you're, you know. Yep. But yeah, they're getting there from five twenty and they're not leaving till eight twenty.
1: All right. Now you've got a blank slate for this question. Mm. What What have we missed? What What would you like to add?
0: Yeah, I think uh, the, your hosts will be more effective if they remember what it's like to be new. Uh, So one thing, Mark Boyley, who leads membership at MBM, when I I was a host, a welcomer, and he took all of us to another church in Sydney, quite a big church. Uh, We all got there together, but we split up before the service. We went in individually to remember what it feels like to walk into church on your own, to... For the whole service, we were there even um, afterwards, as people were talking to us or not talking to us, mm. but just getting that whole experience so that you can have empathy again of what it's like. Because you can tell yourself, yeah, it's hard to be new. It's you know, but that feeling of being on your own and knowing no one mm. and not sure if anyone is going to look at you or say hello is not a great feeling. And I'm I'm a chatty person. I'll talk to anything. I'll talk to a brick wall. Mm. It's fine. But that is not a nice feeling. Um, and so getting your teams to remember that and have empathy for that means that on a Sunday when they're tired and they don't really feel like welcoming, they can go back to that feeling and yeah. say, oh, no, I need to put on my A game because it's their first Sunday. It's just mm. not mine.
1: That's great. That's an excellent principle. Um, all right, last one. What kinds of things uh, could you measure to see if your church is doing a good job at welcoming?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, over six months you could measure the amount of – first time attenders that you had, and then what's your retention rate. Mm. Um, You could, yeah, I mean, if over six months, you do then identify who your new people are, I reckon asking them what their experience was. People are very honest, so it might be hard feedback, but um, you could even send them a survey and say, don't put your name on it, Mm. you know, did anyone, you know, obviously they've stuck around, so something kind of worked but you could get a pretty honest opinion about how welcomed and loved they felt.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Any other thoughts?
1: I think for me, the two questions I like to ask people when I visit churches is, one, what brought you here?
0: Mm.
1: And two, uh, what's kept you here? I think they're just two interesting questions for me that, that give insights into... Uh, people say, oh, one of my friends bought me. I think, oh, okay, that's how this church is growing. They have a, a, a culture where their friends do invite their friends, people invite their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second one reveals to me what, what kept me out oh, was the preaching or it was the welcoming community. And, again, that's not the only thing that's kept me there, but it, it helps me kind of triage the, the things that have the most impact on people sticking around. Yeah. And sometimes it is that little insignificant thing like what seems to us, oh, after the service they had a dinner – down the road, and someone invited me to it, and I got to know five people there. Yeah. I think, oh, that dinner is crucial, absolutely yeah. crucial. So yeah, yeah
0: we worked out uh, with dinners that so many people would say that was very like anecdotal, but so many people would say, especially during COVID, like these people are mostly living on their own, and they come to church once a week and they get a meal, yeah. and it just really meant that they stuck around. Um, Say,
1: yeah. It's worth you know being a data nerd as well. It is helpful to know how many people new people have visited in the last year, um, how many of those were genuine visitors. That is, they weren't just you know my mum's in from town and she's come with me today. Yeah. Um, and how many of those have stuck around? Um, you know, if, if you can measure that, you can begin to get a sense of uh, how how uh, well we are welcoming new people. If we're only keeping one in every hundred. New person, genuine new person who visits—it's probably a good indication there's problems with the system. Mm. Um, so, if you're just looking at numbers, they're helpful things. How many regulars? How many new people do we get? How many of those are, are regular people who are seeking and looking for Jesus or a new church? Uh, how many of them have stuck around? They're three helpful numbers.
0: Yeah. Okay, Derek. What's in the toolbox?
1: What's in? The, what a great question. Uh, Thank All you. right. Two things today. Episode forty-seven. Effective integration. Gee, that was a while ago now, wasn't it? What are we up to now?
0: What are we up to?
1: I don't know. Something over 100. Tom's sitting there silently. He refuses to answer. Tom, how many? What number? oh sorry you're gonna to have to look it up uh anyway effective integration episode 47 uh the second thing to recommend is a course on ministry grid which is a tool we use uh in order to help churches train leaders equip people uh throughout their church ministry.com.au community integration that's the course um so if you've got ministry grid then you can go to community integration that uh, course was put together by a Grace City that Maddie uh, goes to that she's been referencing today and so you can see a whole bunch there.
0: Uh, come to the Reach Australia Conference held in eight state-based hubs from 1 to 8pm on the 18th and the 19th of May. We're going to eat together sing together um, we are currently have just received a thousand Tim Tams which will be in all of your gift bags I highly recommend registering for that uh, you can register at reachaustralia.com.au to get your ticket I am Madeline Galea
1: and I'm Derek Hanna
0: oh chat soon chat soon <laughs> awkward pause